This is the Bent on Better podcast, episode seven. Welcome to the Bent on Better podcast, where better means becoming the best you. And now your host, who always carries chapstick in his pocket, Matt April. What is going on, Better Nation? Matt April here, and joining us today is my friend, Eric Slaw. Eric grew up in Westchester, Pennsylvania, and is currently living in Provo, Utah, where he is studying advertising, business management, and computer science at BYU. Eric also has a passion for music, having been in bands for years, and is now the frontman of the band Coma Pilot. Eric's other focus is working as a certified personal trainer and is currently helping a solid 40 people improve their lives and become healthier. Eric is truly bent on better. Eric, I've given Better Nation just a little insight. So please take a moment, share a bit more about yourself, and then we'll get into the show. Um, Like you said, I grew up in Westchester. Yeah, during that time, I don't know. I've always kind of, I've always been very into music. That's kind of been my, I guess you could say my sanity break from school and all that while growing up. Um, I started out playing piano uh, and then just like trumpet, trombone, those kind of things. Moved on to guitar and started um, playing music with my brother and a couple friends. And we played in several bands growing up. That was definitely one of the highlights of my growing up years was playing in those bands, just kind of seeing how how far we could push ourselves and all of that. And then after graduating from high school, I went out to college for a little bit. Um, After my first year of college, I decided to serve a two-year service mission for my church in Argentina, which was a lot of fun, a very eye-opening experience for sure. And then after those two years in Argentina, I came back and I kept studying. I switched my major to advertising and business management because they seemed like the most – they seemed like the most versatile um, focuses of education. And then I picked up computer science and – while out here at school, I decided to uh, become certified as a personal trainer. And then I started working at Gold's Gym out here, which is now Vasa. They changed names, at least this franchise did. And so I, currently, I'm uh, studying advertising and business, a little bit of computer science, and I'm working as a trainer and still singing in these bands just because it's always a fun sanity break. Awesome. Eric, we start every Bent on Better podcast with a motivational mantra or a success quote. So please share with our listeners your choice of motivation and the reason you chose that specific quote or mantra. It's, it may sound a little arrogant. This is one I kind of made up myself, but one quote that I definitely have told myself, kind of like starting my end of my teen years, like 18 or 19, I kind of came to this realization that if you want the final product of something, you have to want the process to get there. I'm sure someone else has said it better, but I truly, I really believe that if you want any, if you want to accomplish any goal in life, you have to really want the process to get to it. And if you don't, you're kind of deceiving yourself as far as your true desires. So one thing I definitely live by is if I, for example, want to make a certain amount of money or have certain relationships or have certain accomplishments, I need to really want what is required to get there. And by doing that, I've really I've really been able to to be true to myself and just be real with myself as far as what it is that I really want out of life. And I feel like everything that I'm doing is helping lead me to a goal that I've already set up instead of wondering if I'm just spinning my wheels out, you know, at school or at work or something like that. 
I think those are very powerful words, and I'm not sure if anyone else has ever said them, but I do like that you kind of coined it yourself. If you want the final product, you have to want the process to get there. And I think that goes along with anything worthwhile was never easy to get to. Like that 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 mentality of it's, if it's worth it, it's going to take time. You have to work for it. So thanks for sharing that quote. Eric, I want you to take us to a point in time that you were maybe not as focused on being better. This was definitely, so right when I started high school, I was like 14, 15 years old. This is probably that, that the most, the most like selfish, the most uh, unmotivated time of my life. So I just started high school up. We were playing, I was playing in one of these bands, which was fun, but everything that I did was pretty much just for myself. Every, everything, like I was probably one of the least service oriented people. This was when I, so when I was in high school, or when I was a freshman, I weighed 233 pounds. I really didn't care about physical health. I didn't care about the future at all. I had no idea what I was doing and all of that. And it was kind of like, it, it was a fun time, but it was also a very unfulfilling time for sure. So at that time, what made you, what made you decide to make that change? What motivated you or inspired you to make a change to become better? Yeah. So the biggest thing during that whole time, I, w- I was living at home. I was in high school, and no matter what I would do, any no matter how dumb anything that I had done, what like no matter what mistakes I would make, I think the biggest thing that helped me was that my parents were so unconditionally loving and supporting of me. And even and there were a lot of times when I needed correction from them during that year or so. And every time they would do it, they would always show like even more love afterwards and just show that they they not so that they had high expectations of me, but they also just thought so highly of me, no matter what. I think they believed in me a whole lot more than I believed in myself. And I started to realize that my parents thought thought more highly of me than I did of myself. And that made me realize like, well, I must be living way below my privileges if, you know, my parents see this in me and I don't even see it in myself. So that was one time that I decided I would kind of just like, it was, I remember there was just like a, a specific like day even. It was like, it was October of 2006. And I, I remember I went to the gym and I was just like, you know what, today, like starting every day, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to the gym for an hour. And I had made other goals I was going to do throughout the day. And just my mentality on everything started to change. I started to realize that life is a whole lot better when you worry about when you when you are more outwardly focused than inward. Even with these bands and our performances, instead of worrying about if I was going to have fun personally in some performance, I started making sure that everyone that had come to the show would have a good time. And I started focusing on that more. So instead of just selfishly doing things for myself, I made sure that I would benefit others by doing them. And I started to realize like for with this example of performing shows and all of that, I realized that if I focus more on the audience and have them having a fun time, by doing that, I just automatically wound up having a lot more fun myself and I felt a lot more fulfilled. So that was, I mean, and then also along with that, like I was, I had no plans on going to Argentina for two years to do this service mission, but I decided to do that. And um, that was a big commitment for sure. Cause you save up your own money and you go out there, you know, and then you come back. But that's another time when you're definitely focused on other people. And so I think the biggest thing was just my parents, they believed in me so much. And I felt like I almost wanted to live up to their high esteem that they held me in. If that kind of makes sense. Absolutely. So just to, just to go off on a little tangent here, 
what what would you say is one of the was one of the biggest impacts in your life? What was something that you you took away, brought it back here to the states, that really changed your life for for better? Probably the biggest thing was when. So like I was in Argentina, I was in the southern, southern tip, like where there's penguin, it's just, it's just like freezing cold and all of that. And when I was down there, the strangest or the, probably the most impactful thing was when I would see someone who, who lived in like basically what we would consider an inhabitable just like shack or something like that, like barely roof over their head. The most – and then like those people, it was incredible to have them invite you into their house and just like offer you food or just something, just like a glass of water. And just to see how giving they were. I mean, it's incredible to see someone who had so, so little still just do whatever they can to help you. And so I think that was probably one of the most like impactful things. Like just to realize that I think we focus so much on what we don't have. Like, you know, I mean, for example, just here in the United States and to see people who focused on helping other people out and just who really magnified what they did have. I thought that was pretty awesome. And I definitely have like coming back to the States, it was it was quite a culture shock, I guess, reverse culture shock. And I've tried to realize that instead of waiting until you're, you know, some super wealthy person to be giving, it's better to be giving now and you'll wind up just a whole lot better off in every aspect. Absolutely. Staying thankful for what you have now. A friend of mine who I interviewed recently said that he wakes up every morning and writes down the things that he's grateful for. And it's, it really comes back to what you said. You're focused on what you do have rather than what you don't have. So, uh, I mean, I think that is a, a problem with our society is too many of us are focused on what we want rather than on what we have, and we're not as grateful for what we have. So, Eric, what is your favorite source of inspiration? I think because my parents helped me have this huge turnaround, um, it, like, you know, when I was in high school and all of that, I think they're still one of the most, um, they're two of the most inspirational figures in my life still. And even just like out here at college, I still, I'm still in contact with him a lot. I look up to my dad a lot and I, I respect him so much and his opinions on everything. So I still, you know, especially when you're having those down days, it's, it's incredible how he's, you know, my parents still have ways to help boost me up, if, whether it's just self-confidence or whatever. That's one of the biggest things. And this thing I did in Argentina, it was for my church. I find a lot of inspiration through that and a lot of direction. And another thing that I, um, have done since being out at school is I've definitely made sure to surround myself with, I guess, mentors for lack of a better word, but people that are in positions in life that I hope to be in within several years or like a couple decades. And I try to make sure to associate myself with them and also just kind of, I mean, um, of course, first and foremost, become just be friends. I mean, I have, I have some family friends out here that, you know, through my family that we know and all of that. And just kind of, Learning, learning as much as I can from them has been one of the most, you know, motivational, inspirational things. Because, I don't know, it can be a very daunting task if you have a very lofty goal that's, you know, far out in the future. But when you have someone like a mentor, someone that can help you just find these very, um, very measurable distance indicators to get you to those huge goals, it can definitely, definitely inspire you and realize that, you know, with like within reason, any goal that you really set for yourself is accomplishable. And it's just kind of helping to open your mind and see that. I really like that 
all, all of that insight you just shared with us. I think it would be very important for our listeners to take that one and uh, write it down. Uh, we'll have it on the show notes page, but I think it's very important to understand that who you surround yourself with is really going to determine who you become. Uh, there's a there's a famous quote, and I, I can't even tell you who said it, but you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. So what are you most excited about right now in this moment in time? Um, I'd say I'm most excited for this coming summer. This summer, you kind of get to do an internship. You can do marketing or whatever, anything of that nature at whatever company you'd like. So one of the funnest things is just applying it to companies that I am very interested in, whether it's like bodybuilding.com or just like other marketing firms that have worked with companies that I like and all of that. And so that's pretty fun just to see how much opportunity there is, especially so for me personally this summer, it's fun to apply to these places and just to kind of see where each one of these potential paths would take me. We're going to get into the speed round now where I'm going to ask you a series of questions in effort to give the audience with the most value. What was holding you back from becoming better? Um, that would probably be my selfishness, especially like high, during high school and all of that. I think my problem is I wouldn't do anything unless it would benefit me in some way. So I always thought, for example, in any situation, I wondered what I would get out of anything instead of looking to see what I would be able to contribute or add. And I think once I started focusing on that more, I realized that I was able to influence a lot more people. And then I, you know, in turn became a whole lot better myself trying to help others be better. Eric, can you share with us one of your personal habits that you believe contributes to your success? The biggest one for me is uh, staying on a schedule. With work, like working at a gym, I, I work before class. So every morning I'm up at about 5.15, like 5.20-ish or something like that. And then Saturdays and Sundays I sleep until like 6.30 or whatever. But every single day having that schedule has helped me so much. Like, I don't know, just as far as making sure that my whole day is structured towards, you know, you have your goals and what's going to help you accomplish those and everything. That's probably been one of the most beneficial things is having that schedule. What is your favorite internet resource or app? Facebook. I'll tell you why, though. Not just because I like to waste time on it. I think more important than any problems that you need to solve or whatever are going to be people. I think people are always going to be more important than things. That was something my great-grandmother always told me. She would say people are more important than things. Like, um... And, you know, so having been in Argentina for two years, keeping in contact with those people, and I hope to return, I hope to go back within a year. So keeping in contact with all of those people I met out there and even people from back home, just I think Facebook is one of the best things. And like there's Instagram and Twitter and other things right now, but I guess I'm old fashioned. I still use Facebook. But having that kind of connection with so many people and being able to influence for good and be influenced for good by so many people, I think that's an incredible thing. And it's cool how you can connect with people from all over the world. So I'd say, I mean, I love, I think I love, I'd say Facebook's the best. Eric, if you could recommend one book to our listeners, what would it be and why? About two years ago, I read Outliers and I loved that book because it helped me. It was, it's, it's kind of one of those play to your strengths type books. I mean, it talks about, I'm sure a lot of people have heard about the 10,000 hours and all that and how once you become a professional at something, you, you know, you're, or once you put in those hours, you become a professional, whatever it is. And I like that a lot. And it, that book, what it did for me, at least is while I read it, I would take notes on what I thought were my personal strengths or what like advantages I had 
just in general. I mean, he even talks about how your your date of birth can be more beneficial in certain ways, whether it's like in a school year or in like an actual just year, January to December. And it's interesting. It makes you realize, you know, what what advantages you have and how you can play to your strengths, which was which was awesome. And it's a very inspiring book too, with all the stories they have. Absolutely. I read that one as well. I actually, it's funny because I say I read a book, but I actually, I listened to books. I listened to them through audible.com and I, I listened to, and I read outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. And I, I did, I loved the examples and the stories and the studies that he provided with the different people and the different bands. And you're right. It really did give you a perspective for, there were never any overnight successes. There were always hours being put into to projects and to things to become the success that those people and, and those things were. All right, Eric, finally, we've come to the last question. Imagine you woke up one day in someone else's body. You still have all of your current knowledge, but you're in a situation that requires improvement. You may be unfit, unwell, undermotivated, or just want to get better. What are the first three things you would do to start improving your life? Well, I'd say the like honestly, number one most important thing would be to get yourself in good physical condition. I mean, you can be well off like emotionally or spiritually, whatever you want to, whatever in other aspects of your life. But honestly, everything is affected by your physical health. So I'd say very first thing, and even if it's just walking or just something light, I'd say I would start to definitely get myself into good physical condition. Um, the second thing I would do is I would right along with that is just start setting goals. Just kind of have have a vision of what you want to be in the future and then start setting up goals that will help be distance indicators to accomplishing that vision that you have for yourself. Because visions are like big, big goals can be kind of lofty, but I think having just some you know, monthly or weekly distance indicators that will get you to those big vision type goals are going to be super helpful. And then I think the third thing that I would do is right and so set up you know exercise r- routine or whatever and then set those goals i think i would go out and just look for people that i could help that'd be one of the best as, as far as just paradigm shifters or just like a fast way to turn my life around 180 degrees would just be to go out and help that was something i learned in argentina i had not like a, an exact situation like this but you had times when you would be transferred to a different part of argentina and sometimes you'd go there and you didn't know anybody but I mean, you're always assigned to work with someone else. And, you know, there would be mornings when we first got there where we would just walk, go out and just see if we could help people. There was always someone just who needed help shoveling dirt from one area to another or, you know, helping to build some house. And doing that was probably one of the best one of the best things that I've ever done as far as just motivate to, to motivate myself in an area that seemed to be just, you know, not wanting of little Americans running around and all that stuff. I loved your steps to get into better physical condition, I love that that was the first one on your list because it, it is true. If, if you're not in a good enough condition to uh, take care of yourself, then how you how will you be expected to reach goals or to even go out there and help other people? You have to take care of yourself first. So well said, Eric. Before we end the show, what would be your one parting piece of guidance? Then give the best way we can reach you and then we'll call it a day. You can't spread sunshine to others without keeping it and keep it from yourself. So it's like basically you can't share goodness with other people and not receive it yourself. It's like one of those things you can't you can't give yourself poor in service. And that's something I definitely believe and I've seen that a lot in my life. 
Uh, you can reach me just through like social media stuff. My, uh, my name is Eric Slaw, E-R-I-C-S-L-A-U-G-H. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, all those things. Um, and then my email is just my last name, Slaw91 uh, at gmail.com. If I can be of any help to anyone, I'm honestly more than happy to do it. Awesome. Eric, thank you so much for joining us today and for helping us get just a little better. Remember, Better Nation, even though we may be content with our current situation, there is always room to be better. Now it's time to become the best you. Thanks for listening to the Bent on Better podcast at www.bentonbetter.com.